Thanks for listening to this podcast of Bet MGM Tonight. Our show is live every weeknight from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern on Odyssey radio stations around the country, odyssey.com, as well as the Odyssey app. Let's talk a little NBA draft. We're both excited for it coming up tomorrow night. We welcome in now here on BetMGM Tonight, live from BetQL on Odyssey, Mike DeCourcy. You can find his work with Sporting News covering the NBA draft. Mike, how you doing tonight, buddy? I am well, guys. How are you? Really good. We're both really excited for the draft. We've been watching this coverage literally for like three weeks now. Um, I mean, we um, it was really nice to have the NBA Finals in July. I spent the last couple of years in Milwaukee, so it was really cool to see Giannis get that title. But now we really miss hoops. Luckily, we do have uh, you know Team USA, which we stayed up late and watched last night. We got the three-on-three going on in the Olympics, but we're ready for the draft tomorrow night. And we keep hearing the same thing um, from everybody. We heard it from Jay Billis just a couple short minutes ago as we were watching the coverage over on ESPN. He says Cade Cunningham's the most complete player in this draft. Hard to argue that. No chance anybody else is going number one overall, right, Mike? Oh, I don't know if I would say no chance. I think it depends on what others value. Uh, like if somebody were willing to offer the Pistons uh, uh, something of value to t- to get that pick, and they were in, let's say, let's say they coveted Evan Mobley or somebody like that, and uh, and wanted to move up. Uh, I, I think that the, in the end, the Pistons will take Cade. Uh, but I, I, it has been interesting that they haven't committed to that, and it's pretty rare when you have a player. Uh, that is somewhat by acclaim the number one player in the draft that that uh, that he's not acknowledged by the team that owns that pick. I mean, if you remember the Zion, like you remember when Zion was the was the number one in nineteen, and the Pelicans won the lottery, uh, they threw a celebration in their in their marketing department like they had just won the NBA Finals. So they knew, like they didn't try to kid anybody that they weren't going to take Zion. So. I, I leave open the possibility that somebody that that the Pistons might surprise us. But the the one thing I keep coming back to is Troy Weaver, who I'm, I've known for two decades, and Troy is the general manager of the Pistons, and he was around. He was the guy who actually was the primary recruiter at Syracuse when they brought in Carmelo Anthony, and there are a lot of similarities between Carmelo as a collegian and what Cade was, and, and so I, you know, honestly, I think that. In, in some, they, 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 in some ways, they are they are very similar players. If 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 that's only that is what I would consider to be like Cade's base. Like I don't think he'll be any less than what Carmelo was as an NBA player. Uh, but he might even be better because if he develops his handle, which I don't think enough people are talking about, the ball gets away from him an awful lot for a high level uh, college player. Uh, if he develops that to where he's really strong with it, at that point he could become an elite big point guard. And those guys are pretty valuable. Mike, it's Quinn Mayo. Thanks for joining us on the show once again. Um, we saw some trade packages uh, floating around today or some rumors about uh, uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder and um, SGA, Shea Gilgis or Shai Gilgis Alexander. One anonymous GM, and this is, of course, silly season. All the GMs come out with these smokescreen rumors here, there, and all over the place. But one GM says that SGA is not on the same level as Jalen Green or Evan Mobley. Those two guys will be better than SGA. How do you evaluate Jalen Green and Evan Mobley? I mean, I guess that's a two-parter, and I guess that a third part. 
can those guys be better than SGA? Because he's shown a lot of potential in the few short years he's been in the NBA. Yeah, you know, I think they honestly they should be better. Uh, I mean, I, I really like Evan Mobley. I, yeah. I think he's got everything uh, except bulk. And mm-hmm. and if he doesn't develop bulk, I think he can still he he can still function. But if he develops bulk uh, and and doesn't sacrifice the the ability to move that he has, uh, he can be elite at the position. Uh, he he is he is so mobile. Uh, has great such great basketball instincts. A terrific head for the game. He, you know, he's a coach's son. Uh, he he he's an, a very fine shooter for a six eleven a player who's still developing in that area. Really good ball handler. He's got everything, and so I would hope uh, that Evan Mobley develops into a better player than Shea Gil- Gilgis Alexander. I think Shea's very very good. Jalen Green's an interesting one. Mm-hmm. I, I, I you know I'm not I, I am I am not not sold, but I'm. I, you, you, scoring 24 points a game and averaging six assists like Shea does, uh, that's not an easy thing to do at all. Uh, so, so uh, you know, I, Green will have to Green will have to develop. But remember, I mean, he played a uh, more or less a full season against G League competition, uh, and he shot 36, 37 percent from three from NBA range. Uh, was was a really aggressive defender. Uh, and I think that he did a really nice job in that environment. Uh, in in a lot of weird ways, that that the 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 G League bubble situation was better for him than what he really signed on to do. The the, the Ignite program, as it was originally described, I thought it was a joke. I mean, they were going to basically play pickup ball for a year, and then the the pandemic happens, and then in order to get some experience for their G League guys, they come up with the bubble. And so the Ignite go into that, and they play 15 real games against real G League teams, not ever having to make the trip to Maine or, or Erie, uh, which I know they didn't want to do. And, and it, it got him you know, some valuable experience. So I have a lot of respect for, for the season he had. You're listening to BetMGM tonight here, live from BetQL on Odyssey. We're talking with Mike DeCourcy with the Sporting News. You can find his work there. Mike, um, who do you think will be the steal of this draft? I think the steal of this draft will be Sharif Cooper. Uh, I have him rated in the top 10 uh, among prospects. And I, because he is not big uh, and because he is not a shooter, he is rank, probably going to go in the 20s. Uh, but I, I think he's – one, I, I'm not – you know, part of it is I, I wish I knew how tall he was. The weird thing was when I originally rated him in the top 10, I said, look, if he turns out to be 5'11", as some really smart basketball people have told me he really is, um, then I'd probably drop him 10 spots. Then he goes to the combine, and, they measure, and, and the measurements come out, and he's measured at 6'3". Yeah. And, like, everybody knows, like, that can't be right. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, his measurements disappear from the measurement page on NBA.com. He's one of the only guys that doesn't have a measurement. And so no one really knows. I mean, I think the people who might draft him know how tall he is. Uh, but I still think that his ability to separate, to create space, to find people, and I think he can learn to be a shooter. So it wouldn't, he certainly wouldn't be the first. Uh, I, I, if he learns to be a shooter, even at 5'11", 6 foot, he still can be a high-level NBA point guard. Mike, with that, um, who's the player that maybe has been hyped up here the last couple of weeks or even months that you're just really not buying into? I don't want to use the term bust because then we get the uh, cold takes exposed in a couple of years when that guy ends up averaging 22 a game. But who are you just not buying into as a prospect in the pros? 
Well, I think the one who has the most approved to me is Jonathan Kaminga, who, mm-hmm. who also, like Jalen Green, played for the G League Ignite program. And he, he just doesn't make shots. And he's not a great ball handler. He, he can attack the lane in a straight line, but he yep. doesn't. You know, he goes past you. He doesn't break you. He goes past you because he is, I mean, at, at, from, a, from a standpoint of dynamism, I mean, he is an A++ guy. He, he, like, he is the best player in any three drafts. From, from a dynamism standpoint, the ability to, to, to get above the court, the quickness and all of that. Uh, but it, is the game there, and will it get there? And that's the, that's the player that I think when you get through those first three, four picks, you know, M- Cunningham, Mobley, Green, Suggs, uh, that's when people have to decide, okay, am I going to go with somebody safe uh, like a Davion Mitchell uh, or a Alperin Sagoon or, or Scotty Barnes, who's reasonably safe? Or do I take that flyer on Kaminga, who, I mean, could become the best player in this draft or could become a bust if he doesn't start making shots? Well, you just brought his name up and actually you brought up a couple of the names. Uh, let's talk about Davion Mitchell, who showed a lot of promise, um, especially in college. He has a huge heart, but a little undersized. What's your read on him and how he can trans- transition to the NBA? Well, I think the first thing is that at any size, I mean, he played against Jalen Suggs, and that's the kind of guy – he's going to have to, to match up against uh, in, in, in order to be successful in the NBA. Now, I mean, he's, you, you don't know for sure uh, that, uh, you know, you don't know for sure that, that Jalen Suggs is going to translate, but I mean, everybody thinks he will. So that's the kind of player he has to defend. He did extraordinarily well in the Final Four in the National Championship game against him. Uh, Mitchell's listed at 6'2". I have no reason to doubt that that's what he is. Uh, I, I think he's certainly big enough. Uh, he showed the ability to attack the basketball from the defensive standpoint at, at, at the highest level. Uh, I, think, I think he's going to work, and, and he makes shots. I mean, if he were, if he were a non-shooter, I mean, he wouldn't even be on the first-round board. Yeah. But yeah. when you add in his leadership and his defensive ability against the ball and the fact that he makes shots – I think at that point you have to think of him as a top 10 pick. I know I've heard a lot of buzz lately uh, that the needle is pointing down, not way down, but down out away from the top six or seven picks. Uh, But uh, something would have to have convinced me that he's not exceptional. Mike, thanks so much for giving us a couple minutes tonight, man. We can't wait to have you on college hoop season. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Mike. That's Michael DeCorsi. You could find his work with the Sporting News, writes a college hoops column there. You could also find him on social media on Twitter at TSN. Mike, really good stuff right there. And I agree, Scotty Barnes is a safe pick, but I hope he ends up at uh, number five.